A little three-year-old named Reese was quoting the prayer he learned in church. He said, our father who does art in heaven, Harold is his name, Reese. Hmm. A lady invited some folks over for dinner. At the table, she turned to her six-year-old daughter and asked her if she would like to say the blessing. She said, I wouldn't know what to say. The lady said, well, just say what you hear mommy say. So she started it off. Lord, why on earth did I invite so many people over for dinner? (laughs) One more. One four-year-old prayed, Lord, forgive us our trash, trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. That's good. It's like, that's a good prayer. As we forgive those who put trash in our basket. All right. Well, we're starting a brand new series today on the book of Acts. So the entire rest of the year will be on the book of Acts. Six months of Acts. So we're right in the middle of the year. And I just kind of wanted to recap what we've been focusing on for 2021. We're talking about a year of restoration, a year of restoration for our city, for our church, for ourselves. And so we started this year off with the book of Jeremiah. It's the longest book in the Bible. We learned that. (laughs) So we've read through the book this year. And uh, one thing that is amazing, the longest book in the Bible is about a person telling people that they should really have God in their life and that they need God as their Lord and Savior, and he's the one that loves them, is going to forgive them, and they can step into blessing, and nobody listened. Like, the longest book of the Bible is about how patient our Lord is. But we started off with Jeremiah as coming back to, we need God alone in our life. God alone. The Lord alone. He is, he's it. He's the one that we need. And then we jumped into Nehemiah. And so we just finished that up not too long ago. And Nehemiah is about building our foundation on God. So we have God alone, and then we have a foundation of God. He is our king. He is our Lord. We need him as our foundation. And then we did a little pit stop for four weeks, and we talked about having our identity in Christ. And so we just wrapped that up last week. And the reason we focused on our identity is because we're getting ready to jump into the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, you see the disciples doing a whole lot of things. And so I wanted us to talk about our identity in Christ before we jump into, let's do a whole bunch of stuff. Because we need an identity in Christ alone. Know who he's called us. And so here we are at the very beginning of the book of Acts. And I've actually titled this message, Wait For It. The book of Acts is an amazing book. On It's a blueprint for the church and following Jesus. It's written by Luke, who also, uh, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke, you know, four Gospels. So Luke writes Acts as long as, as well as he wrote Luke. And um, he also wrote it with Paul. So they kind of wrote together. And you're going to actually see in the beginning of the book is really focused on the disciples. And then Paul just kind of takes over the rest of the book because he kind of does that. He's cool like that. So we're going to jump into Acts today. We're going to be reading Acts 1, 1. I'm going to start at the very beginning of the book and uh, jump right in. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. I'm going to pray for us because we are in this book for the rest of the year. So how awesome would it be 
if God revealed things to us throughout every single message this week, because you guys are going to come to church for the rest of the year every single week. 26 weeks. Is that how many it is? Can I get a 26-week commitment from anyone? No. Wouldn't that be cool, though, as you come to church? It's like exactly what you need to hear in that moment. The, the book's about being a follower of Jesus, so there's a really good chance that that could actually happen, right? And God's word is alive. It's living. It speaks directly to our hearts. So, Lord, we just invite you, even in this moment right here, right now, we thank you that we get to celebrate uh, the 4th of July, the freedom to gather together as, as a group of people and worship you. Uh, to open up your word, to sing songs to you. God, that what an honor it is to just be able to do that. Lord, let us never take that for granted. We just get to do this, this, this church thing and getting together with other people, Lord, that hmm, you opened up that door, you, you created the way, and we have people that have served to, to make that possible. And so, Lord, uh, we just... We just invite you to speak directly to our hearts today, whatever it is that you want to say through this word. Lord, I I just choose to get out of your way, just completely out of your way. Would you speak directly to your kids? You know what it is that we need to hear today, and so um, would you speak to our hearts? Lord, would you just bless this word for the rest of this year that it would just speak so clearly, God. Would you just give us insight as a church of what it looks like to be the church, to be a, a person that just says, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. What, what does that look like? How, how can you teach us the blueprint of the original purpose of the church and being a follower of Christ? Amen. Amen. Acts 1.1, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about Jesus and what Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So when he's talking about his former book, he's talking about Luke, the gospel of Luke. Now the gospel of Luke actually ends with Jesus going up into heaven and then disciples like standing there. So what we're going to hear today is actually kind of a little quick recap of the very end of the book of Luke. And he starts off with giving you a little recap of that. After his sufferings, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I just want to pause there for a second. Sometimes we just read the Bible and we're like, yeah, okay. So Jesus dies on the cross and he's raised from the dead three days later and the tombs rolled away. We celebrate Easter, right? And then we have Mary who sees Jesus. We have the disciples who see Jesus. But did you catch that? For 40 days, Jesus, risen Jesus, walking the earth, being a part of the disciples, being in their life, periodically coming and, and saying things to them, encouraging them. 40 days. That's a long time. Have you ever went on like a, I remember like kids camp and stuff. You're with somebody for like seven days, like I want out of here. <laughs> so the disciples give 40 days of Jesus coming periodically and speaking to them and encouraging them. 40 days, raised from the dead Jesus, 40 days. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Can you say the word, but wait? But wait. I guess that's two words. For the gift my father promised. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How cool is that? You guys got baptized with water. The Holy Spirit's going to baptize you next. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I just want to say really quick, like God has so much patience for you. He is so patient with us. The, the disciples have been with Jesus for three years, and they've been with Jesus now for the 40 days, and Jesus is speaking all these things, and they're still focused on God restoring the kingdom of Israel, meaning like Jesus becoming the king, a literal king sitting on a throne, and then the disciples kind of distribute the land, and they govern a land. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus is like, the whole time, I'm the king of the world. Why are we focused on that? And so like God is so patient. The disciples, the disciples still can't pick up on exactly what Jesus represents. What is he doing here? And they're still focused on that. And Jesus is like, guys, I love you. So then he says to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. In other words, don't worry about it. But you will receive power. <laughs> he comes back to the Holy Spirit. But listen, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we start off the book with this really beautiful roadmap of what the disciples are going to do. You're going to be my witnesses. How hard is it to be a witness of Jesus? So Jesus invites them into this. I want you to be a witness of me. I've spent so much time with you, and you're invited to be like me, a witness. And here's the roadmap. You're going to be in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go to Judea, and then you're going to go to Samaria, and then you're going to go to Rome. And I have this plan. I have a game plan for you. But I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit before you just take off. You see that? Like, wait for it. Wait for God to reveal his plan. Be filled with the Spirit, and then you're going to go be my witnesses. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them from his sight. They were looking intently up at the sky as where he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, did you see the fireworks? No, just joking. <laughs> they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? Because it's July 3rd and there's fire. <laughs> this same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So the two men dressed in white most likely were the same people that went to the tomb, the two angels that sat on the rock and the one that went in and saw Jesus in the tomb there. And so the disciples are sitting there waiting. At this point in time, Jesus is taken up right before them and they're waiting. He said he's gonna come back. 
This is one question that I have for the disciples. When did you think Jesus was coming back? Because if you read the book of Paul, like uh, Galatians and Ephesians, it seems like Paul lives his life from this anticipation that Jesus is going to come at any point of time. At all times, he's always talking about that. You know, when Christ returns, when Christ returns, that was 2,000 years ago. Wait for it. And so they're standing there just waiting for Jesus to return. He said he's going into heaven. Well, he, I mean, I could probably stand here for three, three days and wait for him. Good thing we had those angels because I think a lot of people would misread that and just go and stare at the sun for a while waiting for Jesus to return. But no, God has plans for the disciples. He has, he has purpose for them. He has, he has a mission ahead of them. I want you to be the witnesses. Here's your plan. Here's your game plan. But first off, wait for the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you up, you're going to have a great game plan. You're going to know exactly what to do, and you're going to have the power to do it. Wait for it. The rest of the book is written from a place of people waiting for it. If they would have totally just got ahead of Jesus and like, you know what? Oh, Jesus is gone. He hasn't came. Like, Holy Spirit, I haven't really sensed anything. So I guess, like, let's just start that roadmap that Jesus talked about. I guess I can go be a witness. That's not too hard to do. Be like Jesus. The entire rest of the book is written from a place of guys and women waiting for the presence of God before they do things. It's not out of their own strength. It wasn't the disciples just deciding to do something. They've been around Jesus enough. No, they waited for the presence of God. They waited for the Holy Spirit, and then they went out and did it. Imagine if they would have thrown the towel in three days later. This ain't, nothing's happening. He, Jesus said to wait for it. Wait for what? Like nothing's happening. The guy rose from the dead in three days. Why are we standing around here waiting? Let's just go do something. Let's make something happen, guys. It took 10 days for the Holy Spirit to come. On the day of Pentecost, what we're going to read next week, where the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and they're filled with power. And then from there, amazing things happen. But it was 10 days of waiting. Talk about anticipation. I got a question for you today. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You're waiting for the right one? Waiting for somebody to kind of fulfill you? Are you waiting for a, like a really good job to open up? There's lots of them out there right now. I will point that out. Are you waiting to get done with school? Oh, man, as soon as I get done with school, like this is going to happen. This is what's the next stage of my life. What are you waiting for? Waiting for your business to be profitable? Are you waiting for a move of God? Are you waiting for his kingdom come moment where, where his presence is just manifested and like we are filled with the Holy Spirit to live out exactly what he has for us? Are you waiting for this tangible thing that you can sense God's presence? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting to retire Start playing golf now. 
Are you waiting for God to say something really clear to you specifically? Okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. What are you waiting for? I see the disciples in this. There's probably so many questions. You got to remember, these are, these are 11 people at this time who, who are really strong-willed people. I could see a lot of them having these conversations within each other. What are we waiting for? But they chose to wait. I just want to look at that same passage and see, how do you wait well? Because when you're waiting, you don't have to be idle, Waiting is not just like being idle. Waiting, you can actually wait well. And you see the disciples do that. The first thing that they did was they showed up. Discipleship, Eugene Peterson says, discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction. In our passage, we have the disciples showing up, continuing to meet together, continuing to be in unity together. They showed up, consistently showing up. Could you imagine if you were one of the disciples that just got bored waiting? It's like, you know what, guys? You just, you just do, do that. I'm going to go do something else. Could you imagine missing? So like in a little bit, we're going to read where like the day of Pentecost comes and, a, and the wind comes through and like they're able to speak in all these different languages and the entire town is pulled to them and is able to understand the languages that they're speaking. And you're like, you know what? I, I got other things going on today. Like, oh man, you missed it today. It was, it was fire, literally. <laughs> they showed up. They showed up continuously, just showing up. Showing up for myself in seasons of waiting looks like reading my Bible when I don't really want to. When I feel like, God, I got so many questions and things aren't going at all like I planned but actually opening up my Bible and just like, oh, I just want to hear from you. Showing up. Looks like praying when, when you're really tired of praying the same prayers. It looks like coming and gathering together on July 4th, even when we all watched fireworks till 12 o'clock last night. Looks like showing up, getting together in unity, being encouraged, showing up. Give yourself a round of applause. You guys showed up today. Do it. You got In my own life, this is where breakthrough happens. Showing up and being consistent at something and continuously showing up to something. Even when you're like, I remember just going to so many community groups, groups throughout the week that I'd meet and I have a million things going on. I got, you know, all these things going on in my life. I'm running super, super late. And that's the time where breakthrough happens. It's that showing up, just being present. And so the disciples did that, gathered together, just showed up, just waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Another thing they did is they didn't leave. A lot of us are so quick to jump to the very next thing, but patience is a virtue. There's something to be said when we gather together, when, when we continuously show up and not leave. Jesus tells them, don't leave, but wait for the Holy Spirit. And then it's a 10-day wait. I don't know that a lot of Christians have 10 days in them. 
including myself. I'm being honest. You know, when God says something to us, we're like, we want the response right now. He says, wait. Then they wait for 10 days. God does give people clear instruction. I got news, like, that's really amazing. The Lord will give you really clear instructions on things. He will speak to you clearly. But one thing that you can actually do is get ahead of God and then invite him into what you're in. And let me tell you what that's like. That's like waking up on December 24th in Charlotte, North Carolina, packing up a U-Haul truck with a brand new baby and a three-year-old daughter, and you're loading the truck by yourself, getting ready to move back to the Quad Cities without a job, without a house, that's what that looks like. You get ahead of the Lord, you're there, you're in this situation, you're like, God, <laughs> come rescue me from the, God's like, I didn't invite you into that. That's not where I wanted you anyways. And we're like so quick to like jump to what's next. Man, there's so much growth that happens when we're consistent and we just stay. Even in opposition, even in conflict, when you stay at that job, when it's really, really tough, but you know the Lord has you there for a reason. They stayed. They didn't leave. They waited for the Lord. Concrete is completely worthless if you pour it and you start walking on it. Some of us want a firm foundation in Christ and we're like, okay, pour the concrete in there. <laughs> and it's like a trip hazard for everybody else and it makes a big mess. So concrete's worthless. You gotta let it sit. If you want Jesus as the firm foundation of your life, sometimes it means being patient and just letting it sit, just waiting for it. Wait for it to settle and then walk out the plans that God has for you. Otherwise, you're walking around with really, really dirty shoes. And it's a trip hazard for other people. The disciples wait. They get clear instructions. Here's exactly where I want you to go, and then I want you to go here, and then I want you to go here, and I want you to go here. How awesome would it be if the Lord spoke to us that way? Be amazing, right? Sometimes we just gotta wait in that. I'm gonna wait till you tell me what's next and continue doing what you're already doing. The last thing they did is they persevered. Charles Spurgeon says, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. <laughs> gonna make it. Can I get a lift, guys? My perseverance, the snail reached the ark to continue to show up and, and just keep moving forward, even in the midst of waiting. They didn't try to go out and do things on their own strength. They faced a lot of obstacles, guys. but they persevered. And the rest of the book is about people persevering through obstacles and how God will use a group of people that'll just wait for him. So good. They 
They continued to show up. They didn't leave, and they persevered. These are three things that you can totally apply to your marriage, to your job, relationships that you want to just be done with, persevere. This is what you can apply to parenting. Be patient. I was thinking about this. Love, and one of my favorite verses to read at, in, at any wedding ceremony is, love is patient. And I was thinking about that, that, that in God's love, he is patient with us, but in our love for God, we are patient with him. We can be patient, just wait for the Lord. What do you have? Where are you leading? I want to wait on you, but I want to wait well. My son, Ethan, is off to boot camp. And uh, so he's 17 years old, and he's in boot camp right now, knocking that out before his senior year. And I'll probably end up talking about this every week. And I think the main reason, I'm sorry, so bear with me. Um, but I think the main reason is, like, I had no idea how hard it is to have your little boy, like, gone. <laughs> That's tough in itself. Like, always oh, off to, like, kids camp. No, he's off the boot camp, and I can't talk to him. You know, I, I don't get to hear from him. I don't, you know. So Amy and I are, like, scrolling through all. They have some pictures on Facebook, and we're like, is that him? Is that him? Because <laughs> you can't tell. Everybody's got their head shaved. They're wearing glasses. I think that's him. He's kind of got the mole right there. <laughs> Just like, is he doing okay? Is he smiling? No, nobody is. It's boot camp. <laughs> so during his time away this summer, he's spending the summer at boot camp. This time I, we're redoing his room so that when he comes home, it's, we're going to have like a little, he's got a shoe collection and all this stuff. And we're going to put some lights behind some shoe boxes and then get him a new bed because he's got like one of those Amazon specials you know, that squeaks a lot and all that, like, and he's 6'3", and his feet are hanging off it. <laughs> so, like, get him a nice bed that he actually fits on. <laughs> These are the great things that we're doing. <laughs> the other part of that is, like, I was, I was thinking, you know, this is, like, what it's like to wait well for God to wait well for him, to, to clean up some different areas of our life that, God, I want to see you move. So, you know what? I'm going to start getting my finances in order so that I'm ready to go where you send me. Or I'm getting my finances order so I can start, like, giving financially. Or I'm going to actually, like, read my words so that I know your voice and I can start to tune in to where you're leading me and guiding me. This is what it's like to wait well. The opposite of that is to turn Ethan's room into the dog kennel room where the dogs just go crazy. They make a gigantic mess and Ethan comes home like, hey buddy, we turned your room into the dog room and it smells like pee. It's horrible. <laughs> it's a disaster. And that's the opposite of waiting well. And so there's areas of our life that we can surrender to the Lord and we can get ahead and go, God, look, my heart, like I'm cleaning these areas out because I want to move. I want you to move through my life. And so I want to start working on these areas. Lord, go ahead. I, I surrender everything to you. 
Whatever that is, I, I want to wait well. I want to, I want to like be wholehearted, both feet in on whatever it is that you have for me. To start cleaning up some of those areas, those, those blatant areas in our life that we know is just like this wall that blocks the presence of God from our life. And we can't fully step out into what God's called us into because it's this big wall that we built. And I feel like the Lord just wants us to surrender those walls, to, to just get rid of that stuff so that we're ready for a move of God. I see the disciples and they were so desperate for God to move. It wasn't like, you know, they kind of got their eggs in other baskets. Well, you know, if this doesn't work out, we could always go back to fishing. We know what happens there. Jesus goes and meets them on the water. You know, like they, they, they knew that they needed all eggs in the basket of it's a move of God and that's it. Like, I am so desperate for a move of God. And I don't know about you guys, but 2020 put, broke my heart for a move of God. And Christina, our... Uh, our children's director this week was like, what are we waiting for? You know, what, what are we waiting for? For a move of God. It just spurred something in me. I, I want to see revival. I want to see the book of Acts lived out in the church. Why not? Why not us? Who else? Are we waiting for someone else? I'm not. I believe this is the church that God wants to use. And so I just invite you today, if there's something in your life, you're just like, man, if I just got rid of this, if I surrendered this to God, I would be so free. Make July 4th that proclamation. Make it that declaration <laughs> that there's freedom in my heart because I just completely surrendered this moment to God, whatever it is. God, I just want to be used by you. Whatever that is. Make ready our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit just come in and just, just wipe that away. Just get it out. Set it aside. Be ready for them. Would you guys join me in that? Just invite you to stand up and let's just do that. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord. Hmm. Lord, we surrender. Wow. like a really specific word for some people in this room. Um, been living life leaning on the balls of your feet, leaning in forward, forward, forward. And, and I really feel like this message is very much pointed towards people like myself. And if that fits you, where we're just always leaning into what's next 
And I feel like the Lord is just inviting us to, to, um, to stand on your heels. Just when you're in your heels, you, you just have to embrace where you're at. It's not about what's next or where you're going, but it's more about where am I at right now? <laughs> what do you have for me right now in this moment? Sometimes we just get so busy and so focused on what's next that we just completely override the moment of right now. So we wait on you, Lord. Just surrender to you, God. Yeah, just surrender your worries. Any worry that comes to mind, um, worry and anxiety, and just oh man, I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss something. I just really sense that the Lord just wants to relieve you of worry and give you peace right now. You're not going to miss out on God. You're not going to miss out on what He has for you. Just. Surrender those worries and just entrust him with just waiting. Anything right now that just comes to mind that you're like, well, if I could just leave this here, whether it's a a relationship, an addiction, or some unforgiveness, or whatever it may be, I just invite you to just leave it at the foot of the cross today. Jesus did what he did for each one of us on the cross so that we can have freedom. He didn't die on the cross for us to be enslaved to sin. He actually died on the cross so that we could be freed of sin. And so I just invite you to just, just leave it at the cross today. Just surrender it to the Lord. It's as simple as just saying, God, I just, I just surrender this to you right now. Surrender it to you. It's a clean house, God. Search my heart, oh God, and see if there's any offensive way in me. And then lead me in the way of the everlasting. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for the freedom that we can all share.